been doing a great job. This month we are on community. We're talking about our journey groups and and uh, we're preparing for them, our journey growth groups uh, next month. And we're excited. We've been through a lot of training and I'm anticipating, I'm shooting for 100% uh, participation by everyone to get involved. And there, it's going to be a, a a real joy to be able to get together with other people and just grow. And, and it, as Pastor Neva mentioned, it's only 10 weeks. 10 weeks goes like that. And you get to have an opportunity to meet new people and just get involved, get connected. So Hebrews 10, verse 25, we're going to read from, I have the um, Living Translation. Hebrews 10, 25. And it reads like this. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Not, not you, not anybody in this church. But some people neglect coming to church. But let's encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Go ahead and have a seat. I want to share with you this morning about the value of belonging to a journey growth group. There was a respected woman in the community who was being interviewed by a TV reporter in honor of her 104th birthday. And the reporter asked her, and what do you think is the best thing about being 104. She simply replied, no peer pressure. <laughs> At 104, there ain't too many peer, peer pressure people around her. And it's really funny when you think about it, but it's also sad that when you get to a certain age, there aren't that many people that you can relate to. There's not that many people that you can connect to. Because at 104, the majority of them are gone. There was a movie that came out recently. I didn't see it. But it was called Step Brothers. And I think from the previews that I saw, I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit too coarse or a little bit too explicit for me. So I chose not to see it. But I read about it because the title of the message, uh, the title of the movie kind of intrigued me, Step Brothers, because we live in a society where there are a lot of step brothers and stepsisters. And when I read about it, I found out that it was going to be about a 39-year-old unemployed man who was living with his mother who also met up with a 40-year-old unemployed man who was living with his father. And this father and mother got together, and there they are, 39 and 40, unemployed. Now they become stepbrothers. And during the movie of the previews that I saw, they were going through a lot of stuff, and they were adjusting. And they had struggles, just like everybody else, in getting to know each other. They fought. They called each other names. They tell on each other. 
But I think the most important point of the whole movie is that they tried to convey that family is important. See, we don't get to pick our family. Most of us were born into families that were just a little bit dysfunctional. Okay, a lot dysfunctional. <laughs> and we're stuck with our family. The good, the bad, and definitely the ugly. No. <laughs> but when we become a Christian, we get to become a part of another family, a spiritual family. And the spiritual family is called the church. And then we get to choose what spiritual family we get to be a part of. We didn't get to choose what family we were raised in, but we get to choose now our spiritual family. And the thing is about our spiritual family is that guess what? It's just like our regular family, a little dysfunctional. It's a church family, but we're still a little dysfunctional. I got to tell you, the pastoral team, they're a little dysfunctional. Our leaders, they're a little dysfunctional. Define, oh, that's right. Aniva corrected me this morning. They are divinely dysfunctional. <laughs> I'm a little dysfunctional, and so are you. We're all a little, just a little bit. But guess what? God established the church. He established this spiritual family. Because when he told Peter in Matthew 16, 18, he says, Now I say this to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. He said, I am building my church. Do you know that the church is the longest lasting organization on the face of the earth? There has been an established organization of the church in every continent in the world. Not FedEx, not JHL, not anything else, but the church. It has been established. Peter wasn't perfect when Jesus said he was going to establish his church and all the powers of hell couldn't conquer it. He looked at Peter. Peter was braggadocious. He was angry. He, was, he couldn't control his mouth. He was a bully, he, all of that stuff. And yet God said, upon the revelation that you got today, the revelation that Christ is the living son of God, that's what I'm going to build my church on. So I want to share with you this morning on the importance of our journey growth groups and why you need to be a part of them. You got the skit, but now you need to know a little bit more of how you need to get connected. Because see, we're on a journey we're all on a journey. I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. Individually and corporately as a church. And each day we experience a fresh newness of God's grace and God's faithfulness. And there's a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament that explain who and what the church is supposed to be and how we're supposed to relate. But I will tell you this. It happens when we relate one with another. Now, I have a little a video that I want to show you this morning of what it's going to be like if you choose not to join a journey group. Do we have it ready? Go ahead. My name is John Nesmith. 
and I have found the perfect small group. It took some searching, but I found a group where I'm a perfect fit. I am a small group of one. Let's get started. How about we go around the room and introduce ourselves? I suppose a lot of people might think that a small group of one is pointless, but for me, it just makes sense. There's no scheduling conflicts, no incompatible life phases, and best of all, no personality issues. Lord, is somebody off key? Open the eyes of my heart. I, I think it's me. Want to see you. Yeah, it's me. Have I tried other groups? Not technically. But I have thought about it. A lot. But it's just so risky. Imagine the kind of people you may get stuck with. You got your touchy-feelies. Well, come on in. Give me a man hug. Your judgmentals. Thou hast sinned five times walking up mine path. Yea, I shall smack him with a paddle of righteousness. Then there's the Bible nerds. Now, next time y'all bring your concordance, your, your Greek lexicon, and memorize Philemon. Parents who only talk about their kids. You're just in time to see the poopy caveman on the Oh, yes, you are. You're desperate singles. You bring in the chicks. And your black holes of crushing need. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. I've had the most awful week ever. My boss yelled at me. My cat is sick. Nobody talks to me. I have got a lot to share. Come on in. But in a small group of one, you don't have to worry about any differentness. And that comes in handy when you read the Bible. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. I think God is telling us to watch out for tripping hazards. There's always a good balance between staying on task and having fun. <laughs> and then Barb says, don't have a cow, man. And Homer's like, no! It was so rich! And don't you dare tell anyone I watched The Simpsons! <laughs> there are downsides. Game nights can be a little rough. Jenga! <laughs> Being in a small group of one isn't perfect, but it is perfectly safe. And that's something. That's something. And we pray these things in your son's name. And everybody says, Amen. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Good job. So we're done? Yeah, we're good. Hey, you guys want some Hot Pockets? No, uh, no? Well, we, we could order pizza. Right. How about we order pizza? We got to get to it. Please don't go. Please don't go. Hey, 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 please don't go. Amen. A small group of one. How are we supposed to be able to live out the scriptures of the word of God? We can only live them out with people. We can't live them out by ourselves. I know it's funny, and there's some of those things that he said that you're like, yeah, that's how I feel. But in actuality, the word of God was given to us to be lived out with each other. We can't live 
the scripture unless we meet together, spend time together, develop relationships, make new friends, and grow together in God's word. According to a recent study, the number one disease and plague of America today is loneliness. It is sweeping the country. There's an outbreak of isolation that has infected even our closest relationships. The number of close friends for Americans has shrunk down from three to two. I think sometimes even our technology has contributed to this problem because some of us would rather I am people than say, I need a friend. The iPods allow us to be with all kinds of people, but we're off in our own little world because we're listening to music. Or we're there with them, but we're not connected to them. We send text messages to each other, and then when we actually see them face to face, we don't know what to say. Someone said in the virtual neighborhood, many have substituted email for intimacy, contacts for confidants, and Facebook for face-to-face. All of these technological tools help us to feel connected, but yet in America we're more disconnected than ever. And one way to enlarge your mix of relationships is to get involved in church. Get involved in a journey group. That won't make you feel connected. That won't make you feel like, okay, now I'm a part of something, but it's a start. It's the beginning. There's so many of you that walk into church and you sit here and you listen to messages and there's a hole in here because you're lonely. But you leave before you can connect with anybody. You leave before you meet anybody. You, meet, you leave before we can get you to come to a journey group or get you to stay after for our new, reception, our new member's reception. You leave, you don't want to get connected, and yet you're still lonely on the inside. So I want everybody to know right now that we are at a celebration service. This is what we call our celebration service. Now, granted, we don't have everything all together yet to celebrate the way I really want to celebrate, but we're in the process of making this sanctuary is something that we as Victoria, Victoria Rich Hayward can be proud of. We're on our way. But this is our celebration service. And what we're to do is we're to celebrate what God has been doing in us and through us all week long. This is the day that we really think big. We want everybody to come to church on Sundays and celebrate. But next month, on Thursdays and Fridays of every week, for 10 weeks, we want you to start thinking small. Just on Thursdays and Fridays. We want to be able to help you to make journey growth groups a priority in your life. See, in Acts, the early church was able to be real and authentic in their relationships because they were always meeting together. They were always breaking bread together together. They were praying together. Acts 2.42 says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. When we make journey group a priority, it's going to make the celebration service a big highlight and it's going to produce bigger results in our lives. When you attend a journey growth group, I want to share with you some things that you can expect. Number one, 
A Journey Growth Group will provide a place of encouragement. As I said, the number one disease in America is loneliness. Spiritual relationships meet that need in our life. Psalm 68.6, which is one of my top favorite scriptures, it says, God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely in families. And I love this scripture because in verse 5, it says that he is the champion of widows. So that's one of my scriptures. He is the champion of widows, and so he is my champion. And then it says that he puts us into families. The Bible calls the church a spiritual family. You are a part of a family, the family of God. And if you're lonely here today and you don't allow God to meet that need through spiritual relationships, then what's going to happen is you're going to try to meet that need yourself. You're going to look to the world to satisfy your need. You're going to start going to clubs. You're going to start drinking. You're going to start smoking. You're going to start online dating. You're going to start chat rooms, all because you're lonely. And guess what? After you do all of that, you're still lonely. You're still lonely because none of those pornographic sites, none of those chat rooms, none of those online dating, none of those clubs meet needs. They're just the facade. They never meet that need that is really deep down. Loneliness hurts, and because it hurts, we want to do everything we can to make it stop, even if it means getting involved in unhealthy relationships. But I want to let you know something. We all need friends. I need friends. You need friends. But we need the right kind of friends. There was a young man who was fed up with church. And he went to go see this wise old Christian in his cabin because he needed some advice. And what he did is he just dumped everything on this older man. He says, everything bothers me at that church. And he told, he told him, I'd be better off if I didn't go back to that church. That, those leaderships, that pastor, all the people in the church, and he just complained and complained and complained. And as he was speaking... The older man got up, silently walked over to the fireplace, took the tongs, got one of the coals, and moved it aside and put it on the hearth. And as the young man was going on about this and about that and all the things that were wrong, and yeah, we got this half up, and we got yellow tape, and we got the leaders doing this, and everybody, and just complaining, complaining right in the middle of all of that, they were looking at the coal. And as they were watching this coal, it glowed for a little while. And then eventually, it dimmed and it turned black. And they both sat there in silence, looking at the coal. And then he got up, picked up the coal with the tongs, and put it back in the fire. And within seconds, that coal was glowing red hot once again. That was a wordless lesson that that young man saw. And what he did is he got up, said, I'll see you in church. And he vowed to stay involved in his church. Just as coals burn out when they're removed from the company of other coals, we're not going to last in the faith if we are removed from true fellowship. We need people in our lives. 
People are difficult sometimes, but we still need them in our life. We need someone to challenge us in our faith. We need people to tell us the truth. If your hair is all mixed up and you have black on your face, you need somebody to tell you that. You need somebody to tell you you got a cowlick standing up. You got spinach on your teeth. You need somebody to tell you that. If you don't have any friends, you can walk all around. If you ever done that before, you got lettuce on your teeth and you're talking to everybody and you go in the mirror and you find you got this big old green thing hanging in your teeth and not one person told you nothing where are your friends what happened you look at your hair and you're like man what happened you know people look at you and they're just kind of like uh-huh and they're kind of looking at you a little strange and you're like gee i wonder what's wrong and your hair's all Messed up. You need friends in your life that are going to challenge you, that are going to tell you the truth. Friends that want you to be better than what you are right now. Friends that will encourage you. And that's what journey groups will do. Secondly, journey groups will, will provide a safe place to find answers to your spiritual questions. If you're new and following Christ, I want you to know something. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be able to say, I don't know about this scripture. I don't understand. Why do you do what you do? Why do you say what you say? How do you live like that? How do you say, no, I don't understand. It's okay for you to question. It's okay for you to have doubts in your faith. It's okay to even voice it. In a journey group, you're going to be able to say, you know what? I'm struggling with God right now. I don't know how many of you have ever gotten mad at God, but I have. If you're honest, you'll agree you've gotten mad at God. And I've gotten mad at God more than once in my life. In 37 years, I've gotten mad at God a lot. But I didn't stay like that. But I'm honest enough to be able to say I have. And when you're in a group, You'll be able to share those kind of things that sometimes we don't want to voice those things we, because we think, oh, my gosh, it must mean I'm not a Christian. It must mean that, you know, I, I don't, you know, God is not going to accept me. No, God is going to accept you with all your questions and all your confusion and all your doubts. He accepts you. And that's why we have Journey Growth Groups to help you to explain those things, to help you to understand, to give you guidance, to give you direction, to be able to get you on your journey and get you there with a pep in your step and a jump start to get you to know where you're going on, on, your, on your journey. In asking questions, you get answers. Most people reject what they don't know. And that's why there's some of you, you're not as committed as you really should be because you don't understand. You don't understand the importance of joining together, of not neglecting the assembling of yourselves, of meeting together. You don't understand it because you don't understand, you reject. And we all reject what we don't understand. We all reject what we don't know. But when you get involved, you're going to have understanding. You're going to have explanations. Everything that you want to know, you're going to be able to get answered. Now, your journey group leader may not be the theologian of Lenny. But they already have been trained to say, you know what? I don't know, but I'll find out. Because I don't know a lot of stuff. What I don't know 
Pastor Aniva knows, but he doesn't know. Pastor Adam knows, but Pastor Adam knows, Lenny knows. And what Lenny doesn't know, oh gosh, we're in trouble. No. <laughs> no. We'll find out. I, I am limited to my experiences of my exposure to the word of God. I have my bachelor's. I'm trying to get my master's. I don't know. It may take me another 10 years to get it, but I'm going to plug away so that I can learn, so that I can continue to grow. And this is what needs to happen in your life. You need to challenge yourself to continue to grow. Someone said we need the community of believers because none of us is as smart as all of us. We're smarter when we were together. Psalm 73, 24 says, you shall guide me with your counsel. And that's what the journey groups are going to do. It's going to guide you through all of those difficulties. You won't be making so many bad decisions. You won't be making so many wrong turns. You won't be going down some harmful paths. See, God wants to guide us, but he's chosen to do it through his people. He gives us wisdom for the journey as we study the word and pray together. Hebrews 3.13 says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. See, sin tricks us. It deceives us all. We have all been duped at one time or another. We all fallen into sin. We all thought this was the best way to do it. And ultimately, we fudged a little. We lied a little. We cheated a little. We stole a little. We did something that we shouldn't have done. And that's what sin does, is it makes us think that the right way is really the right way when it's really the wrong way. We need the community of faith more than we realize. The third thing that journey groups do is they provide a place for you to use your spiritual gifts and to be used by God to serve others. See, every single one of you has been gifted in a special way for a specific purpose with gifts and talents. Your gifts and talents are not to be used for you. They are to be used for others. They are to be used in the church. Romans chapter 12 says this, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I think we need that gift more than anything else in this church. Kindness. Kindness. Just being kind. You know, that's a gift. It's a gift. Boy, do we need that gift. Nothing is more sad for me as the pastor in this church than to look around and see someone with a gift and a talent sitting on it and not using it. If you have a passion for something, use it. God will always, always make a way for you to use your gift. Now, when I was writing and putting this thing together, I began to think of Michael Phelps. And you all know who he is. He won eight gold medals at the Olympics in swimming. 
But I want to let you know something because as a child, he was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. When he was growing up, the teachers were constantly complaining to his mother about his behavior in the classroom. He couldn't sit still. He couldn't focus. He never completed his work. And at age nine, they finally put him on medication, on ADHD. And later on, eventually he stopped the medication because he was able to manage it. But this is what happened to him when he was a child. Somebody noticed his talent. He had some strong work ethics. He practiced hard in the pool. And that intense workout caused him to be able to overcome his ADHD. And now he has become one of the greatest athletes in this generation. How? Michael was created to swim. He found his gift. He found his passion. You don't want to face your life with regrets. I should have done this. I wish I would have done that. I could have. I should have. I would have. But I didn't. I was listening to a commentator talk about Michael Phelps, and they said, when you watch him swim up close, he looks like a dolphin gliding through the water. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that he found his gift. And you know, he didn't find it like that. When they first put him into the water, he was afraid of the water. He didn't want to put his face in the water. So his teacher said, okay, float on your back. And consequently, the best stroke that he has is the backstroke. Because that's the first thing he learned. He couldn't put his face in water, but he conquered his fears in order to use his gifts and talents. And now look at who he is. He is a young man, really young, admired by so many because he put his passion where it belonged. This church, this community, this church family will miss out on what you could do with your gifts and your talents. Some of you haven't even gotten involved. You're afraid. You're afraid. And maybe inside your prayer closet, you're saying, God, use me. Use me. And then we start asking you, can you do this and can you do that? And then the next thing, your prayer is, God, they're using me. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Your gift is for somebody else. Your gift is not for you. What are you doing with your gifts? Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? There's room for you. If you can teach children, there's room for you. Can you smile? There's room for you. Do you like to meet new people? There's room for you. Can you clean? We have room for you. Do you like office work? There's room for you. Do you like painting? Do you like to pray? Do you like com co computer designing? Do you like web design? Do you just like to talk? We have room for you. There is room for everybody in this place. Everything good that happens in this church happens when people use their gift. Using your gifts and your talents 
in helping others is like this article that I read. It said, circus contortionist gets foot stuck on shoulder. And that kind of intrigued me, so I began to read. You know what a contortionist is? Someone who just kind of like, you know, they, they put their limbs in places that you're like, how do they do that? Circus workers accustomed to seeing a contortionist wrap his body into strange shapes at first ignored his pleas for help when he told them he got his right foot stuck on his left shoulder. According to the Associated Press, Burkine, he was a Netherlands national circus performer, became trapped in a painful position while rehearsing for a show in England. I think the problem was that I did not warm up very well, he said. I just became stuck. It was scary because it was really hurting me and I couldn't move. He said his circus co-workers were laughing at him and ignoring him when he was asking for help because the guys watching him every night thought he was joking. But then they realized he was serious. Sometimes we all need help getting out of something that we got ourselves into. We use our gifts, we can help somebody else. That's what a journey growth group does. The fourth thing, journey growth groups allow you to meet new friends. Now, in journey growth groups, we are not asking that you all get to be really, 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 really close. We're not asking you to show your personal life and all the pains and all the ups and all the downs. We're not even asking you to be best friends. What we want is to create an atmosphere that is so real and so authentic that the relationships that you develop are healthy and it lets you know that you're not alone. See, journey growth groups will allow you to develop relationships beyond how you're doing, fine. Everybody that asks you how you're doing, the first word out of your mouth is fine. And if it isn't fine, People avoid you. I used to know a woman that we used to say, oh, don't ever ask her how she is because she'll tell you. <laughs> if you asked her, how you doing? Oh, mis rumias. Oh, my arthritis. And she'd go on and on and on, and you're like, all I wanted was a fine. But you can do all of that in your journey growth group. Friends will be there when you go through the difficulties of your life. See, we all do things that hurt each other. We rub each other the wrong way. Some of us have even offended each other. And when we get hurt, what we normally want to do is isolate ourselves. We want to just say, no, I don't want to be a part of them. Having friends in our life is sometimes like being with a group of porcupines. There was a story of a group of porcupines who were marooned one bitter cold night in the middle of a large frozen field. There was no way to escape the cold and the biting wind. They couldn't make a hole because the ground was frozen. So they huddled together to keep warm. And every time they, as they huddled closer, their sharp quills began to pinch and to hurt each other. The closer they moved together, the more the pain increased. Some of the porcupines said in their little porcupine brain, I'm out. I don't want to deal with this hurt anymore. It hurts too much. And so they 
couldn't bear the pain, and they drew apart to sleep alone. And in the morning, everyone who had slept alone froze to death. In our humanness, there are times when we're going to hurt each other like porcupines. And the tendency is to pull away and to go it alone. But I want to let you know that it doesn't matter if the pastoral team hurts you, if the leadership hurts you, if the people in the church hurt you, resist the temptation to go it alone. This is just humanity. This is our humanness. We're not perfect. Little dysfunctional. On our way to perfection, but we're not there yet. Stay connected to the family. And the last thing that a journey growth group will do is that you will find plate, strength. It's a place where you will find strength for the journey. Each of us are going to go through trials and troubles and tragedies. And God desires for us to be supported, strengthened, and encouraged. David, the psalmist, knew his share of difficulties and painful times. And those times tested his his faith. And sometimes his faith even wavered. In Psalm 61, 2, he says, I call to you. My heart grows faint. He was overwhelmed by trials. He had heartaches. He had burdens. And he was calling out to God for help and strength. And then in verse 5, we see his answer. He says, you have given to me, he said, the heritage of those who fear your name. God has strengthened his faith and empowered him through other believers. He wasn't alone. The fact of the matter is that God works in our lives through other believers. We are not alone. During the times when we seem to be overwhelmed by all the trials and all the heartaches and all the burdens of life, we need to be strengthened and encouraged by each other. That's what the journey growth groups are going to be able to do. Sometimes we even wonder, if you're honest, does God really love me? Does God really care about what I'm going through? Does God really understand the struggles that I'm going through? That's why we need God's people. Because God, in his wisdom, has chosen to answer us through his people. Other Christians can give us that love and care that is just like God caring for us. I know when I went through my most difficult times five years ago, it was the family of God that carried me so many times. The family of God that encouraged me. The family of God that prayed for me. The family of God that lifted me up. The family of God that gave me a hug. If it wasn't for this church family, I would not be standing here today. I can tell you the truth. You were the biggest journey growth group in my life. I needed you, and I hope you needed me. But we did it together. We've done it together. And the closer, the closer that we stand in community, the closer that we're going to be able to hold each other up throughout our lives and throughout our tough times. And the reason that we have journey growth groups is not to give you something else to do. It's not to take up another night in your week. Some of you are looking at that, you go, I don't have time. I, I don't have time to get involved in another meeting. I don't have time to get involved in another service. I don't have time. I want to let you know God is calling us to smallness because we need to be encouraged to persevere in our faith. God is calling us to smallness because this is where we're going to find 
the strength to go on. It's only going to happen in small groups, journey growth groups. You cannot and I cannot do this alone. You will not grow at the pace of the church if you are not going to be involved in a journey growth group. Imagine what would happen if we would all get involved. What would happen to this church? What would happen to this community? What would happen to the world if we all took this seriously? If you're involved in a journey growth group, you know what's going to happen? You're going to grow. You're really going to grow. All the hidden sins, all the struggles, all the habits, all the hang-ups, all the hardships that God could deliver us from will take place if we take this seriously. God could do so much through our lives if we would just allow other people in our life. If Victory Outreach Hayward is your home, and this is your home church, I want to encourage you to get in some kind of journey growth group. We have 14 groups. We have 14 different types of people. One of them you'll probably hit it off with. You may hit it off with two or three or five, but you will connect with at least one. See, I have a dream, not a Martin Luther dream, but I have a dream. <laughs> because as I started thinking of these journey growth groups, I began to see them all over. I began to see some of our junior hires having them in, in school and high school and colleges and universities in lunchrooms at your jobs, moms at school, retired men and women who still have a desire to have God use their lives, singles having a place to build healthy relationships, married couples growing and encouraging each other. These are all the different types of journey growth groups that we are de developing. We're limited on what we can do by ourselves, but we are limitless on what we can do together. You're part of a family. That has been our slogan. Every time we ask, how many of you are here for the first time? We say, we have our theme in our church. The first time you come, you are a guest. The second time you come, you are family. We have been saying that for years. You are part of a spiritual family. Don't disconnect yourself from those who can encourage you, help you during your difficult times. If you found yourself lonely, seeking unhealthy relationships, get in a journey growth group. Develop some healthy relationships. Don't have people in your life to challenge you, get in a journey growth group. You don't have people in your life who want better for you, get in a journey growth group. Maybe you're not using your gifts and your talents. You're not following your passion. You're not serving. Get in a journey growth group. Maybe you need encouragement today because you found yourself not growing closer to God, but further, get in a journey growth group. Maybe you need friends. You feel all alone and you're sitting in here with 300, 400 people and you're still lonely. You still feel alone. Get connected. Get involved. You're a part of something. You're part of a spiritual family. That's why we have altar workers who come behind you. When you come to the altar, we have people who come, lay hands on you. You're not alone. You're not alone this morning. Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't neglect the meeting together as some people do. Some people are going to do that. Don't let that be you. But encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Stand with me this morning.
You've heard a lot today. And I pray that you will make a decision. You won't let time, you won't let distance, you won't let the fact that you don't know anybody, the fact that you really don't like people, get in your way. Some of you came here today and you were asking God to meet your need. God can meet your need. You're not alone. You're not alone. I think that's a very, very important thing for you to know this morning. Even if you're married, you're not alone. Sometimes single people think that, oh, if I was married, I would never feel lonely again. It's not true. If you're lonely as a single, I guarantee you, you will be lonely as a married person. The only one that can cure your loneliness is Jesus and spiritual relationships. And I brought a whole lot of things out today. But I want to let you know, God wants you to be a part of the family. He doesn't want you to isolate. He doesn't want you to separate. He doesn't want you to be that coal that is all by itself. But he wants you in the mix. He wants you in the family. We got a lot of stuff going on. But it's in every family. There's no perfect family. But family is family. We accept and we pull together. And so if you're here this morning and you just need encouragement, you need to be able to know that you're not alone. You want to be able to feel like you're a part of a family. You need strength for the journey because the journey's been tough. You need somebody to come and just pray for you this morning to remind you that you're not alone. Then I'm going to open up the altars for you to come because we want to pray with you this morning. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. I need you. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. I need you. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree.